At some point, we all face really confusing situations. And because of our experiences so far, we can't see what's really going on. Then all of a sudden, there is an encounter. Something crazy only God could explain. We have a light bulb moment, and we can finally see things clearly. These insights can significantly change our life direction. What if you could learn from somebody else's light bulb moment? My insight could be your insight. Significant life, God-inspired moments that can change a life. As Monica said, I am going to share my significant life story with you. But I sort of thought since I'm going to be sharing my story with you guys, it seems only fair that I get to know you guys first. So we're going to start with a game. So everyone jump up to your feet and we're going to play a quick game. Um, how it's going to work is that I'm going to say something. If you guys have done it, you're going to take a seat until we sort of have like one or two left and you guys can say, yeah, I won. Sound good? Um, so first of all, I want you guys to sit down if you have never brought somebody a gift. So if you've never brought a gift for somebody, weddings, anniversary, birthdays, no, you've all brought gifts, that's a good start. If you've never written in a card, sit down. Everyone's written in cards as well? Cool. If you've never cooked a meal for somebody else, so if you've only ever cooked a meal for yourself and never cooked for anyone else, take a seat. We're all still standing. Um, how about this one? This might get a few of you. Sit down if you've ever forgotten your spouse's birthday. There's a couple. Dad, that's shocking. Nobody else? Just got my dad. Good. Um, this one's a bit ouchy, but sit down if you've ever had an animal with your car, like a rabbit or a possum or maybe even a cat. That's shocking. There's a lot of you. I should have saved that one for last. Um, sit down if you have not stopped at a pedestrian when you should have. So there was a car coming and there was that little gap. You're like, I'm going to just go... That's pretty shocking too. Got a few. Um, sit down if you have ever made a baby cry. I've got one. I've got two standing. Okay, this is probably going to cancel someone out. But sit down if you have ever farted and blamed somebody else. We have a winner. I don't have a prize for you, but you can feel pretty good about that one. Awesome. So now that I've made you guys all feel pretty terrible, I feel like it's a really good platform to preach from, um, and this should go all right. Um, they've asked me to share tonight because they wanted to hear um, my significant story, and they wanted to hear from somebody that has grown up in a Christian home, which would be me. Um, two things before I start. Firstly, um, I am very, very blessed to have grown up in a Christian home. I am very stoked to have grown up in a Christian home, and whatever I say tonight, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. I am very stoked and very blessed about that. Um, secondly, anyone here that has grown up in a Christian home probably had a very similar reaction to mine um, when Monica asked me to preach on a significant life story and then said, because you've grown up in a Christian home, I was like, well, those two sort of counteract each other. I don't really have a significant story. I grew up in a Christian home, um, which was my first thought, and I'm sure you guys all have a very similar thought, if you have. Um, but as I've prepared my sermon tonight, I've actually uncovered quite a few significant stories. Um, I've decided tonight, you'll notice I've got a light rope on stage, I've decided to share tonight not necessarily one light bulb moment, but sort of lots of little light bulbs, um, a journey that I've been on. And as you can see, it's nice and long. Don't worry, I'm not going to cover all those light bulbs. Um, I've got a few to cover. Um, but as you can tell, it's sort of a long journey, and I'm not going to give you guys all the answers tonight. I don't have the end of the reel to get to. Um, but I can tell you what's happened at the beginning of my journey here. 
Ta-da. Cool. Um, so first of all, I said I would share my story with you. Um, so I've grown up in a Christian home, and I've got a nice house. There's me. I grew up in a Christian home. Cool. Um, I grew up with a Christian mum and a Christian dad, and I had Christian parents. There they are. Um, I also had a Christian brother and a Christian sister. There's my brother and my sister. Yes, you do look like a boy, Lauren. Um, that was Ben's fault. Um, I also grew up, my parents' parents were also Christian, so the ones I knew anyway, I never had the chance to meet my papa. So my grandparents were also Christian. Um, my aunties and uncles were mostly Christian, and so were my cousins. So there's all my Christian aunties, uncles. One of my pastors, uh, not my pastors, my uncles is a pastor. So it's sort of like extra bonus points there, I think. I'll claim it. Um, so I'm surrounded by Christians. These guys are all Christians, Christian home. Um, my husband of one and a half years of marriage, whoop, whoop, um, he is also a Christian. So like triple brownie points, bonus points, whatever for that one. You'll notice that he looks like a child there. Um, my brother actually does the graphics and he knows that my husband is younger than me and thought this would be funny. Um, sorry, Cole. Um, so I was surrounded by Christians my whole life. I grew up around Christians. Um, it was pretty rad. It was good. Um, I went to high school at Bethlehem College, um, as many of you know, as a Christian school. Um, after I left my Christian school, I went to work at a church. There's a church. I also went to Bible college during this time, um, and I did that for three years. I then escaped to Disney World in Florida for uh, six months. And I say escaped, I will get to that. I did literally escape at that point in my life. Um, Disney was not so Christian, but it's Disney World. It's the happiest place on earth. So it was all pretty peachy from there. Um, when I did that, I returned back to New Zealand to Tauranga and I came and started working here at Bethlehem Baptist Church. Awesome. So as you can tell, I'm pretty much all round a, a good Christian, right? I'm surrounded by Christian people. I've been to Christian places. I've done a lot of Christian stuff. Um, you're probably thinking, you'd probably expect that I'm the total theologian. Um, you'd expect that I'm a prayer warrior. You'd expect that I'm the person in the room always doing the right thing. You'd expect that I'm the best Christian role model to look at. You'd expect that I'm always doing the right thing no matter what, no matter where. You'd expect that I'm the per perfect Christian, right? Well, I'm not. My sermon tonight is on this, expectations. Expectations means a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. We often expect stuff of ourselves, what others expect of us, and we're just constantly surrounded by expectations, right? The truth of it all is I'm actually really terrible at theology, so if any of my scriptures are out of line, just tell me afterwards. Um, I'm not a prayer warrior at all. The thought of having to pray at the end of the sermon freaks me out. Um, I'm not always doing the right thing, and a lot of my stories would surprise you. I'm not always the best Christian example, and I'm not the perfect Christian. So the real reason for the game earlier tonight wasn't just to make you all feel terrible, it's so that we sort of feel like we're all on an even playing field here. Tonight I'm not going to focus in on what it's like to grow up in a Christian home, um, because I know that we all feel expectations. We feel expectations all around us, whether it's from bosses, colleagues, family, parents, siblings, friends, or ourselves, or people we don't even know. We all feel expectations. To start off my sermon tonight, I'm going to show us a couple of expectations that we often feel day to day. Oh, that's me feeling like a good Christian, by the way, at my wedding. Pretty holy. Um, 
light bulbs. It's coming. There. So when we order that Big Mac at McDonald's, we have this great expectation it's going to be epic. And when it comes to our table, it looks very much like this one over here. One of our expectations we face day to day. Um, what we think we're going to look like with wet hair is often not the case. I deal with this quite often having curly hair. It's often wet and I'm often having my smeggle moments. Um, often what we expect we're going to look like at the gym and the reality is we're probably still at home on the couch eating pizza. Um, what we think we're going to look like with a shaved head versus what we actually look like. I haven't done this, but anyone contemplating, just think this over first. Um, and then what we think we look like or expect we're going to look like when we smile versus what we may look like. Um, and last one is what we think our cookies are going to look like and expect them to be like versus what they actually are like. Those aren't my cookies, by the way. They're close to, but not mine. Um, so those are a couple of expectations that we face, maybe day to day. They're all a little bit lighthearted, but I know deep down we all face expectations, whether they are small like that or whether they are great big expectations that determine where our life is heading. Um, I'll tell you guys a little bit more about my story since that's what I'm meant to be doing, and it's obviously not all peachy like I told you. Um, the expectations as me as a kid were to be a farm kid. Um, I grew up on a farm, and the expectations of me as a kid was to climb trees, um, to pet cows, to play in cow poo, um, throw cow poo, just like muck around in cow poo. And I pretty much nailed it as a kid. Those expectations put on me, um, yeah, I nailed it. I was a great farm kid, very much a tomboy, actually. Um, it wasn't until I started to go to high school that I started to understand the expectation. And my parents didn't live in Taranga when I started to go to high school. They lived out of town and they sacrificed so that I could come to Bethlehem College and get a good education. Um, through that, I, it wasn't an expectation they put on me, but an expectation I felt was that I would do better, get good grades, get better grades, do better, learn more, achieve higher, all those sorts of things. And on top of those expectations, I also had the expectation of the average teenager girl at high school, that I would wear my uniform just right, that I would have cool friends, that I would have cooler friends, that I would be more popular, that I would take the right thing to lunch. Um, the expectations in high school felt pretty heavy for me as a teenage girl, but looking back on it now, my high school years were pretty cruisy. Um, like I said at the beginning, I then left high school and went and worked in a church. Um, this is the point in my life where I really understood expectations um, of all things. I was 18 and I was put into a role of leadership, um, a leadership to lead those younger than me and those older than me. Um, I was expected to give emotionally, spiritually, physically. I was, un I was only 18 and I was unable to give up. I live up to most of these expectations. I tried my best. Um, I gave my all at that time. But, yeah, they expected more than me than I could give. They expected me to be wiser, to be stronger. They expected more than an 18-year-old could give. It wasn't just in my workplace, and this is where it really got me, is that these expectations would follow me home. I, um, working in a church, everyone had my cell phone number on speed dial, so I was expected to be on call 24-7 to talk, to pick someone up, to just be there for them. Um, these expectations would follow me into my life. I'd be in the supermarket and I would bump into somebody and they would notify me as sort of the church girl. I'm that girl from church. They expected me to be Christian, to be there for them to be more and to be better. 
It wasn't just the expectations from others at this point, but the expectations I put in my own head. I expected that I'd be able to do everything. I expected that I'd be there for everyone, that I could do better, that I could do more. I learned a lot from this experience while working at the church, and I had lots and lots of great moments, don't get me wrong, but eventually all this expectation led to burnout. I was emotionally, physically, and mentally burnt out at this point. I said at the beginning that I then escaped Disney World, which I did do. Um, a series of events landed me a job at Disney World Florida, um, which some of you guys might think is kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Um, I didn't have anyone over there that I knew. Like, I literally had no expectations upon me apart from to smile. Like, Disney is big on smiling. The only warning I ever had when I worked at Disney was that I wasn't smiling enough that day. Um, so I had to, like, learn an epic smile that could just stay there. I spent the first three months of my six-month journey there um, just really relaxed, actually. I just sort of chilled out. I was just me. Um, the only expectations upon me was to smile, like I said. Um, and it was, yeah, it was cruisy. Um, it was probably about the fourth month in that I started to realise that I was going to have to sort of figure out where I was heading at some point. I didn't know what was next. I didn't know whether I would stay another six months at Disney or whether I would fly around the world or what I would do at that point. Um, so I had to figure out where to from here. I had no mum to tell me what to do and I had no dad to tell me what to be. I felt at this point God really pulled me away from everyone at this season of my life. I obviously escaped to the happiest place on earth for my own pleasure. But I feel God pulled me away from everyone to teach me something really important. I wasn't surrounded by voices anymore. I didn't have any expectations on my life. I didn't have people constantly expecting more, less or different of me. I just had my expectations and God's expectations of me. Just me and God. This is where I had my first light bulb moment in this long chain of light bulbs. It says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And with my um, Sunday school upbringing, um, this is one of those scriptures that you had to learn in order to get your next gold star. So I remembered this one as I was over in Disney, trying to figure out what was next. Um, and the cool thing about this verse is that God tells me in the first part that he had plans for me, that he has expectations for my life. He knows where I'm heading. Um, and the next cool part that I really like about it is that it says plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. So it meant that I could know that God's plans were great for me, that not only following them, that they would lead somewhere, but that they would lead somewhere good. I had to make a decision. Do I follow my own expectations of my life or God's? I could follow my own expectations and maybe fly around the world and become some high-up businesswoman in New York, or so I thought. Or I could follow God's expectations and not know where I was heading, but know that there was good stuff in store. After pondering through this, I chose to follow God's expectations for my life. Um, six months later, in Florida, um, the humidity got way too high, and with curly hair, it just did not go well. Um, the pay got too low, and the hours got too long, so I had to come back. The bank of Dad ran out, so he wasn't going to lend me anymore. Um, so I came back to New Zealand, back to Tauranga here, and I came back to nothing. Um, I came back to no job, and for me, this was very strange. Um, I had always been working from the day that I could work. I got a job. 
And before that, I was working for my dad on the farm. Um, and at one point in my life, I even had five jobs at once. Like, I was a worker. Um, so I came back to no job. I was doing nothing. Day in and day out, I did nothing. Week in and week out, I did nothing. I just had stopped and I'd done nothing. For me, this was strange because the world was telling me and the expectations of the world was that I would work, that I would give back, that I would do more, that I would work harder, and yet I was doing nothing. I went into a spiral of anxiety and depression at this time, and I got really, really low. I was so low, I was doing nothing. I had just stopped, and I had never stopped. I started to wonder why I chose to follow God's expectations for my life at this point. I could have been doing my own thing and flying around the world, doing whatever it was that I was going to do. But I decided to follow God's expectations for my life. God led me back to Taronga, to no job, and to depression. The other day I was talking to somebody and they said to me that um, they had some neighbours that would pray about everything. um, That they one day went to them and they said, would you like to come over for dinner? And they said in return, I'll get back to you about that. I'm just going to go home, talk to my husband and we're going to pray about it. Um, and it's such a small decision, so that sort of thing would really frustrate me. I'd be like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? Um, but what those people were doing is that they were just seeking God. They were waiting upon God, and they were really listening into Him. Um, something that I began to learn back then, and I'm still learning to this day, um, is that God sometimes just wants us to stop. He sometimes just wants us to wait upon Him. I was busy trying to fill my own expectations Um, the world's expectations on me that I would work, be contributing, do more, be more. But God's expectations for me at this point in my life was to stop, be still, and listen to him and be with him. It says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God, which is another cliche verse that we probably all learned in Sunday school growing up. But at this time in my life, the scripture was very true for me. I was needing to wait. I was needing to be still. I was needing to know that he was God. This was the next light bulb moment for me, learning to stop and not racing ahead. It was after this that a series of events led me here to BBC. Um, What had happened is that my mother-in-law had said to me at the time that there's a job at the church, you should go apply for it. And every part of me heard this word church, and I thought, no, I can't do it. It's not for me. I've been there. I've been burnt out. It's not for me. But at the time, she wasn't my mother-in-law. She was just um, my boyfriend's mum. So I, in turn, said, that sounds great. I'll look into it. Um, Thank you very much. Um, I then went home and talked to my mum about it. And I said, there's this job. I really need a job, but it's at a church. I can't go to church. This isn't the plans of my life. I'm not to go work in another church. I've already been there and done that. Um, And my mum said at the time, just go in and tell them that you don't want the job. And I sort of thought that's a really weird thing to do, like, I'm going to walk into a job interview and be like, hey, so I've come to the job interview, but I don't want the job. Um, But my mum was pretty wise, and she's still very wise. So I thought, I'll just do it. I'll just have this very awkward encounter. Um, So I decided to walk into the church. I sat down, and I sat with Ross. Um, And I went to go say to him, I don't want the job. But he said, good to meet you, Rachel. By the way, we don't have a job for you. I was like, oh, okay. At least I don't have to tell him. And I don't think they actually knew that I never wanted the job till probably now, if Ross is even here. So... Um, but yeah, that ended up being like the most random, awkward job slash not job interview I've ever had. Um, we just chatted and I then went home and just continued my search for jobs and continued my life as it was. 
Um, it was probably a week later that I got a call from Caleb and Michaela, and they said, come in and meet with us. And I sort of thought to myself, they're going to give me a job and I don't want to work at the church. And I had the same um, series of emotions come back to me that I didn't want to work at a church. This church was going to burn me out. This wasn't for me. These weren't the plans for my life. And I um, decided I would go in anyway, just in case they weren't going to offer me a job. They just wanted to meet me. Um, but they did have a job for me. I sat down. They told me all about it. And it sounded kind of all right at the time. Um, I said I'd think about it, and I went away and had a think. Um, at this time, I just couldn't figure it out. I sort of thought to myself, why, God? Um, I've been to church. I've been burnt out. Um, I've experienced this. But why is this the only job that is coming up for me at the moment? Um, it says in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, not that one, that one there. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. At this point in my life, my understanding is that I wouldn't and I couldn't work in a church. But God's understanding was that I could and I would. At the time, I took the leap and I took the job. And to be honest with you, I was never that certain about it at all. Through my journey here at BBC, I've had my ups and I've had my downs. But I enjoy my job here. Something I've realised as of lately is that God hasn't put me in the church so that I can fulfil my own hopes and my own dreams. He's put me here to help build his kingdom. He's seen in me the ability to give and do for others. I've spent so much of my life focusing in on where I am that I hadn't noticed to stop and look around me. I'd been reminded recently in this past summer um, while walking along the beach in Whangamata with my husband of how blessed we are. Um, like I said earlier, I am married to Cole and I have been for one and a half years. We currently own our own home and we are blessed more than we could ever imagine. I'm surrounded by an amazing family, by brothers, by sisters, by nieces and nephews. And while I pour time and energy and effort into building God's kingdom here, he's been pouring into my own life. God really followed through with his end of the bargain. Because now I am prospering, I have a hope and I have a future. I said to you at the beginning of my message tonight that I didn't have the answer, I didn't have the end of the chain, um, I just had the first few light bulbs. And um, yeah, I wish I could tell you what the end of expectation is. I'm sure that there's lots more to learn. Um, but I can tell you that I was lucky enough, lucky enough to learn early in my journey that other people's expectations on your life don't matter. That when you're on the other side of the world, it's just you and God. It's just your expectations and his expectations. You can choose to follow your own expectations or you can choose to follow his. I can also tell you that sometimes we need to be still and we need to draw into him. These moments of quiet and peace are sometimes the best moments. And we need to remember to stop throughout the busyness and draw into him and be still. I can also tell you that we need to have trust and faith because at the end of the day, God will always see through with his end of the deal. Whether it seems hard at the time or whether it doesn't, he will see it through. This is such a small part of my journey with so much ahead, with just such a few light bulbs and a long string to come. I'm sure there'll be lots more hard times and I'm sure there'll be lots more good times too. But I don't know where my future leads. Only God does. I'm going to close in prayer now. Dear Lord, I just thank you for my journey. Um, it may not seem like the most amazing journey at times, but Lord, you've had given me this journey for, um, for my purpose, 
for what I have ahead, Lord. And I just pray that if there are people in this auditorium tonight, Lord, that are dealing with different things, whether they're still trying to figure out where they're heading in their own lives, Lord, whether it's small decisions or big decisions, that you would really guide them through that, Lord. I just pray that we can learn to trust and pour into you even more, that we can stand beside you and know that at the end of the day you will come through. And Lord, I also just pray that you will just give us those still and peaceful moments, that if we're busy like I am throughout the week, that you'll remind us to stop, to reflect, and to just be with you, Lord. Also just pray for us as we continue tonight, as we continue into worship, Lord, that you'll just draw out those things that we need to learn, those things that we need to know tonight, Lord. And I just pray for our week ahead that you'll just be with us all. Amen.